Welcome to today's edition of Daytime Dialogue, and it's a real pleasure to welcome a former Chicagoan who's lived in Israel for a long time, Dr. Dodi Fishman Tobin. Uh, Dr. Tobin, who I will apologize in advance, I'm going to refer to you as Dodi, uh, because Great. we go back a long time. Yes, we do. Uh, Dodi uh, it was, is a graduate of the Academy. Of course, she has her doctorate, but most importantly, she has been one of the major teachers of Torah among the women in, in Israel in her various roles. We've actually had the privilege of having her as a scholar in residence at KINS not too long ago when people actually saw each other in person. So it's great to welcome you, Dodi. Thank you for giving me this time uh, to be able to talk with us a little bit. It is a pleasure, pleasure to be here. Thank you. So just to get a feel for things now, in Chicago, unfortunately, things are just really bad with Corona. Um, and the Orthodox communities hit a little bit harder this time around, or significantly harder than the last time. Uh, but at the other hand, there's a lot of hope because of all the vaccines, but we're still limited. Schools are open and schools are open. Right. What's going on in Israel now? Well, so Israel, um, uh, Israel, it seems like we're about to enter a third wave. You know, I remember when they were talking about how there's going to be a second and maybe a third wave and how winter is going to be more difficult. And that, that's what they're talking about now. Um, they've opened things up a little bit and the numbers start going up. And so they're already talking about closing, um, locking down again, Hanukkah, it'll be another lockdown. Um, that seems to be how it's going here. Um, Are the schools you know, and schools, schools have been opening and I even heard on the news that they're gonna be opening um, even more next week, even as they sort of lock down more, they're gonna be opening up schools more. Um, but it's, you know, every time something is opened up, it seems that there are, uh, you know, they have to close it down again. So uh, it's 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 quite uh, interesting. We have a shul in our backyard. I'm sure one of many many people that have minyanim in their in their homes in their backyards. We've been davening in our backyard for uh, for several months already. Well, it's uh, it's about 25 degrees in Chicago, so it's a little mm. complicated to do that. Yes, and I know yes. you miss miss Chicago winters. I, I do not miss the Chicago winters <laughs> at all, not at all. So let's talk Torah a little bit. Um, okay. You've been teaching for many years in many different roles. Um, and women's Torah learning in Israel is different than women's Torah learning in the United States. It seems to be much more accepted, uh, much more part, an integral part of being part of the Datilumi community. Why, why do you think that is? Um, it's interesting. I've I've talked about this with people. I've heard others speak about it. Um, people like Malki Bina, who I've worked for for many years. Um, in a funny way, the fact that the, um, the different, I guess, sectors of society here, the, uh, what do you call it? The migzarim, the English word for that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, haredim, datilumi, right. So because there's, in a way, there's more separation. What goes on within the Dati Lumi is less affected by or is less concerned with what, let's say, the Haredi thinks of, of what women are doing or how women are learning within the Dati Lumi community. So I think that's part of it. I think that it just doesn't, uh, you know, they can, the Haredi, which is usually, you know, if they're thinking that women are uh, perhaps a little more progressive in the learning of the Datilumi community, 
Um, if they have issues with that, okay, so they have issues with that, but within the Dati Lumi community itself, we can go ahead and, um, and you know, move forward and progress in terms of learning in ways that, uh, that we want to, it doesn't. So I think there's a freedom here. Um, and also in terms of numbers, you know, it's, it's a migzar, the Dati Lumi migzar is, is large enough to sustain itself and to, uh, to, um, to innovate without uh without barriers so i think that's part of it and i think also just within the dati lumi community here um you have so many women who are so learned um in so many different ways in halachan gemara you know you have leaders like uh, rabbinit esti rosenberg um who runs migdalot and rabbinit hana haken and rabbinit malkibina and so many others that uh you know there's never a lack of opportunity to learn anything um, that you would like at any level. Well, one of the things that we had talked about in the United States when uh, several years ago when I was in, a, in the role as president of the RCA was also there was a different kind of expression that the primary expression of, uh, of women's roles in Judaism in Israel was more focused on learning, whereas in the United States it was seemed to be more focused on ritual. That, hmm. that they were a little bit different in both of them, and maybe functions also, like you were talking about, of, of the strength, the power. Um, and so it was. it's much more unusual, for example, to find a woman in the United States learning Dafyomi than you really? would find a woman learning uh, Dafyomi in Israel. But I think the other expressions of, uh, of women's uh, ritual leadership is a little more unusual in Israel than you'll find in some aspects of the United States, and some of the more liberal streams of the, of the Orthodox community. Mm -hmm. um, Interesting. It's, it's a little different there. So what are you teaching nowadays? So I'm teaching, I teach a class called Hasidic Insights into Parshat HaShavua. Um, mm -hmm. I, yeah, in, in, in the past several years, I've gotten more into um, learning texts, Hasidic texts and uh, Hasidut in general. And so I enjoy it. It's a real creative process. And every week I bring uh, different Torot of, uh, of Hasidut on Parshat Shavua, hopefully helping people to uh, enhance the Ravudat Hashem through, uh, through lessons in the Parsha. It's not the uh, Regensburg tradition of the family or the Fishman tradition. I don't even think it from the Tobin side. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'll tell you this, I really think here in Israel also, again, I, I, I haven't been in the States now for 22 years. I can't speak for what's being learned there, but there is a whole um, slew of opportunities for learning. Hasidut is very, very popular here. Um, just emunah, learning emunah in general, Torah Rav Kuk, um, which is connected to all of that. It's it's just everywhere. So I think it's uh, you know the opportunity to really engage in that kind of learning. It's true. It's not necessarily uh, from my family tradition, but uh, you know that's fine. That's great. Is it? Is it similar to what you have in the United States, what they call neo-Hasidism, where it's datilu umi, or in the United States, modern Orthodox with a smattering of Hasidut in it? Is, there, is that what's happening also in Israel? Where you'll stay in the datilu umi community, but 
you'll be learning Chassidut, or even the, um, yeah, the, the works on Tefillah from the Rabbin Tako, and all of a sudden I'm forgetting his name, I apologize. Um, right, Rav Zinger? Rav Zinger, Rav Zinger. Yes. yes, Rav Zinger. It's those kinds of things? Um, I, I guess I'm not really sure. I just feel like we're just having some, there's a lot of exposure to a lot of um, different kinds of learnings and texts and people like Rav Dov Zinger. And, uh, you know, I, one of my favorites is the Nitibo Shalom by the Slonim Rebbe. It's learned across the, uh, the Orthodox spectrum. Um, this I'll I'll say this because it's it's uh, very relevant this week as we know is is Yat Kislev right Yudtet Kislev is on Shabbat which is considered the Rosh Hashanah for Chasidut when the Balatanya was let out of prison they have had I only discovered this last year but for years already there's this huge concert the, usually this week now this week it's on Zoom called Sama Rabbi I don't know if you've heard of it Sama. Binyaneha Uma has nights for women and nights for men on the week of Yatki Slave. So it would have happened this, this week. Thousands of women and men coming, and it's a whole Hasidic song festival. And I went last year and it was it was amazing. I've and there getting, are women from I've getting emails from them recently. I don't know. Yes, Sama. Sama, like Sama it's it's just it's just tremendous. You just see a whole mixing of different um, exposures and seminaries and yeshivot here. I know I taught in a seminary for a few years. You know they're teaching chassidut in seminaries. They're teaching emunah. They're teaching rav kook. And people really in our generation today, I think people are very much thirsting for these kinds of uh, opportunities to learn. Does it come at the expense of other, well, it has to come at the expense of other things you would learn because there are limited amounts of time. But is the Hasidut experience taking over what had been a traditional Lithuanian approach? Um, I don't think so. I don't think it's taking over. I think the beauty of it is that there's now just a nice balance between a lot of different um, things. You know, I always say, and I, I admit this in my teaching and, you know, I loved learning at the academy and Hillel Torah, and I say I learned a lot of Chumash and a lot of Dinim and a lot of Navi. Um, your Navi class, by the way, in the academy was the best Navi class that uh, that I took. And I'm not just saying that, it was amazing. Um, but, you know, talking about our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that wasn't something, now I'm already older, but that wasn't something that was so much a part of my Jewish education growing up. And I had an excellent Jewish education as everyone in Chicago. Um, knows and, and probably shares in. But that is happening more now. And I think it's crucial. I think it's crucial if we are going, I think, you know, certainly young people today, but even older people um, are thirsting for, for big, I call it big picture Judaism, the big picture and Munah, um, spiritual connection to the, the Torah that they're learning and the mitzvahs that they're doing. So I think I personally feel that it's it's a nice balance that is emerging as the you know greater learning of Hasidut and other spiritual uh, yeah. texts emerge. First of all, I have to stop for a moment because your father is watching, so I have to say hello to Jerry and Judy Fishman. Okay, but um, after doing that, why, why do you think that's happening? Though, look, what you're referring to in in the United States, we we refer to as God talk. That what do you think yes. about? God? relationship how come we don't talk about god um i'll tell you you want to know what i think 
in general, I'll try to say this um, based on not only what I think, but what I've what I've learned um, learned through um, you know my my own personal learning, learning Torah to Eretz Yisrael. Um, I think it relates to what Rav Cook talked about um, in his in his writings, and I think it's in Ma'amar Hador. Um, you know, until 70, how old are we? 72, Israel? Um, you know, 70 some years ago, there was no state of Israel. And we had we were living in a reality of Galut for 2000 years. But the past 72 years, we now have a state of Israel and it's, you know, considered by many, certainly in the Dati Lumi community, it is the Geula, not only but but this is the gula, and now we're on the way to the gula shlema. But so the reality is different, and now that we have a state, and now that we are building not only Judaism but a Jewish society, an orla goyim with a land, and um, and a uh, and nationalism, we're building a complete society. So the needs of of this generation spiritually are different are different. In Galut, the, the four cubits of halakha is pretty much what ruled. But now we need big picture Judaism. We need to know why we're doing what we're doing because we're building we're building society. So I think Rav Cook would say it's um, a natural sort of emergence of a need for, for not only intellectual Judaism, but emotional Judaism, emunah, really to connect to, to emunah connect to God in, in a very um, emotional and, and spiritual way. Um, it just, it's just broadened. It's, this is, it's a, we're living in a time of Gula. We need Torah to Gula. And Rav Kook says that uh, the study of Emunah was for, you know, for, uh, for certain reasons, it was neglected in Galut, right? We couldn't, we didn't have the luxury of working on our own spiritual connection to God. We had to make sure that we just don't lose the halakha. But now that we're living in Israel, now in the time of Gula, whoa, like we're we're just flying and there's so much to learn. You know, and I guess but that's but we also find that move of spirit towards spirituality in in the Galut. So I'm not sure it's all Eretz Israel driven. Um, I I think it's I don't think I think it is because we have Eretz Israel, because this is a time of Gula. So of course, Jews all over the world are, are connecting to this. I don't mean to say that it's only happening here. I mean to say that this generation is living in a time where Medinat Yisrael is Kayam, and it's a completely different reality for Jews all around the world. So if I were to go back to the Matan catalog of courses, would I see a big difference in courses between what's being offered now and what was offered 10 years ago? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I don't know what was going, what was being offered 10 years ago. I know they've had classes in Chassidut um, for, for several years and they still have many courses. I mean, the other side of things is that women, and you asked about women before, women are learning Gemara and Halakha at the highest levels. You had uh, Rabbanit Racheli Frankel on here. Um, you said uh, um, a while back, I mean, she, she was the head of the Hilchata program at Matan, where women are learning super high level, like the same Gemara that, that men would learn for, for the Smicha curriculum, they're learning that. So we have both things flying um, at the same time. 
And has it had an impact on the, I guess the best way of saying it, of the, of the observance, of the religious observance of the next generation? Or is it, is it re responsive? Now, sometimes when we talk about spirituality, which is really part of the Hasidut approach, it's looking for something to try to bring people closer when they've gone away. Um, and some of the responses of spirituality, which we see in the United States, is because people feel the, the Judaism of the previous generation was too dry. And we're trying to, to make it a little stronger. In Israel, there were there is the phenomenon, unfortunately, of datslash or, or other things like this, where people have gone away, have what we'll call in, uh, in English, off the derech. Is that also part of the picture? It has it helped even if it is part of the picture? Um, is it part of the picture? I think I think I'll just say this. I I know that what this generation needs is much more than let's say what our generation needed. I know we talk about this all the time because uh, you know we see there are many kids who have uh, you know who have gone off the derrick, if you will. Um, we we grew up religious and our parents raised us religious and we did what our parents did and that was it and we took it on but this generation is a different generation i think also you know just uh, in terms of uh, um social media and technology all of these things there's so many things that that play into this they need bottom line whether it's through chasidut or whether it's through torah of kuk or whether it's through other other textual um, text, spiritual text. I think that the the generation today need they need more. They need more than we needed. They need to um, they need to understand and they want to understand why. They want to understand why I should do this. What is the big picture? Into why are we? What does it mean to be a an observant Jew? We just did it because. You know, we grew up that way, but they really want to understand, and they should. This is a more sophisticated um, Judaism that the younger generation is um, is thirsting for, and I think it's up to educators across the board. We're, we sort of have to catch up. There's a generation gap, and we need to. And that's why Torata Hasidut and and other things are there to help give the big picture of why it's important to keep me mitzvot, why it's important to uh, to live a Torah lifestyle. Without that, without understanding the role of, of, of keeping mitzvot and, and uh, living a Torah lifestyle in this world. And it's and it's a, you know, it's a tremendous thing to understand what our mission is as, as the Jewish people. Does it translate down with that kind of work to the high schools, high school shifting, or are we still kind of in the same approach? Um, gosh, I think that there is a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done. I think, uh, you know, I, I can't answer. There's a lot of emphasis here on Bagruyot, on matriculation exams, um, and they learn for the Bagrut. Um, but there, I know there's definitely efforts being made to try to, uh, to speak more about, uh, about big picture Judaism and and why, but uh, it, it's it's a struggle here. It's definitely a struggle here. Mm -hmm. And one of the struggles which we've had also is, as you mentioned, between social media and things like that, where we always were taught to engage with culture, 
And um, as Rav Lichtenstein's Zatzal pointed out, we were talking about higher culture, that the culture that we had was something more significant than the culture that necessarily is out there, whether it's in the social media, whether it's in television, movies, and things like that. And, and so there are some members of the modern Orthodox community in the United States who are rejecting that piece. It, um, there was a, uh, a major shift a couple of years ago at Yeshiva University where there were more students in Sai Sim's School of Business than in Yeshiva College. In other words, Yeshiva University had more people in a professional track than in the liberal arts track, which was the pride and joy of Yeshiva University of Torah Mada. Is that also in Israel? Are there people who are kind of moving away from what was the integration or the ability to, to be part of broader societies because they say it's just not good? Is there more of a break between, let's say, Datilu Umi and the Chiloni community in Israel than there was? Um, wow. I'm not sure what to say. You're saying in terms of culture specifically? Not culture, we're, we're staying away. Israel has an oh. Israel has the army. So for the yeah. so in the army, it's a mixer among Datilumi and also Chilumi. For good right. and for bad, unfortunately, sometimes. But it's it's a mitzvah to do. But beyond that, are people who are in the who are involved in Torah learning, whether it's in the Hasidut or the more traditional areas of, uh, of Torah learning within the Datilumi community. Are they closing themselves off more to the rest of the world or are they mm -hmm. open? I think there are different elements within the Dati Lumi community. Um, some that are um, more looking to close off more. Um, and then there are those who are are less so, are closed off less so. I think, you know, there. I, I believe there's been, um, there's been articles written and studies done about how the Dati Lumi community is moving. You know, there's a section that's moving more to the right and, and a section that's moving more to the left. Um, so uh, yeah, that's, that's what I can say about that. I know, you know, for myself, for my own family, we feel like we have a very healthy balance between, uh, you know, being involved in the, in the, uh, the secular or the, the general culture and uh, and Jewish culture. I, I do know though that, you know, I think here we try certainly amongst, you know, within my community and, and certainly with my children there, we try to, um, to filter. We try to filter, it's important to filter out what is, uh, what is quality um, culture and what aspects of the culture are, are not going to enhance our, our neshama, not going to enhance our avodat Hashem. Um, it, that's, I mean, I think we all have to do that. That's, that's what it means to be a Jew is to constantly be asking and filtering and, and, and questioning, is this going to be in the service of my service of God or is it going to uh, take away from it? I'm sure you saw there was a chart that someone made up, that the different groups, the different streams of religious Zionism, and it yes. went from the ultra liberal to the ultra conservative and it had everybody listed and one of yes. listed by the names, and part of the fun was that um, even S.D. Rosenberg is one of those rabbis listed. Yeah. On the <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's something very, very wonderful about that too. That there's a lot of uh, 
you know, a lot of variety within the Dati Lumi world, you know, as they say, you know, la tova la ra. But, uh, you know, people can find their place within the Dati Lumi community at, at a variety of points. Do you ever, do you ever get a chance to interact with uh, the girls who come for their year in Israel nowadays? Um, yeah, I mean, this year, of course, is a, is a difficult year. I don't think people in general are having kids over, but yes, most definitely, yes, um, over the past years, and certainly, you know, children of people who live in Chicago come our way, of friends of mine that, uh, that are here in Israel. Yeah, definitely. It's it's always a very nice thing. And my kids now, you know, my oldest is 25, my youngest is 19. So they they have had friends, you know, over the past, let's say, you know, seven years, they have been the same age as kids who've come to Israel for the year. So they have friends also from America that, uh, that come. When they come, if you project back to when you came to Israel for your year, how, yeah. how different are they? Oh, they, how different are they? Oh, I was about to, I thought you were going to ask how different is their experience? How different are they as kids than we were when we went to Israel? Um, that's, that's experience a, in a minute. <laughs> oh, okay. How different are they as kids? As kids, do you see a difference? Or they're basically, they're the same as... I, I, I'll tell you the one, one major thing I see, I remember when we were here, we wanted to explore, we wanted to go to different people's homes and have different cultural experiences in Israel. And we'd go to strangers, um, you know, partly because there weren't that many people we knew lived in Israel, you know, what was it already? However many years ago I was here. And today, I think because there's so many people that these kids know, and because I think kids today have been many, not most of them come to Israel, have been to Israel before three, four, five times. So it's, uh, you know, been there, done that. It's not as much of a sort of wow and and eyes open and I want to see and I want to experience. It's, you know, I we had somebody, we, we actually did have somebody here recently from one of the seminaries and, you know, she said, I think somebody in my house asked her if she's going to stay or if she wants to come back or make a yeah. And she said, no, one and done. One and done, you know, it's coming and she's going back. So it's one, you of, know, the, that's, one of the differences that I see between the year in Israel and uh, what and what is today is that today it's a gap year for a lot of kids. It's the year off versus when you went, it was the year on. Um, yeah, yes, it is very, very true. And not only that, and my parents, if they are listening here, um, you know, I went in 1983 to Israel. We had to do a little bit of convincing of our parents to send us. Um, I remember the year before mine, there were two girls from the academy, Sherry Pomerantz, Alayah Shalom, and Judy Nussbaum, and they went to Machon Gold. And so thank God for that, because that gave it legitimacy. But it was really pretty new back then to come to Israel for the year. And it was definitely, definitely a year, a year on. It was a Big, big deal. You know, in those days, you would try to get into the most challenging program you could get into. And now you, I often hear from students, Rabbi, I want a program where, you know, there's no homework and where I can relax a little bit because then I'm going to start. And right. That was part of the differences. I, uh, right. When, yeah. When you, when you were in, and when you went to Israel, you're sharing more on Ivrit. I was speaking to somebody from Israel who was telling me how terrible the Ivrit programs are in the United States. 
And I told them, it's all your fault. What do you want from me? We send our kids for a year in Israel and you teach them in English. That's right. That's right. And, and right, there's a lot of uh, irony there because the seminaries and yeshivot actually are very nice, give Parnassah to a lot of American Olim here. And that's a very important thing. Um, and it is a lot easier. And I think there's a lot more closeness that can be developed between the kids and the teachers here because of that familiarity, which I didn't have when I was at Mahon Gold. And the Israeli teachers were really, it was a very different cultural, we came from different cultures. It was harder to connect in that way. So there are pros and cons to that issue. Definitely the Hebrew is definitely a con. It's, it's, it's fascinating. So Dodi, our time is almost up, believe it or not. And uh, after all these years being there, what, what do you remember about Chicago that's the fondest memory? Uh, the fondest memory, one? I'm putting you on, the, you know, you can pick two. Well, give me a fond memory. I mean, <gasps> something that yes. you can do that your kids can't do. Something that my kids can't do. Oh, wow. This is really, really hard. I mean, my years growing up in Chicago were, were really, really wonderful. I'm just flooded now with images of, you know, just going downtown, um, like Michigan, going bowling. The Academy was so fun. It was really, really fantastic. Um, you know, but I will, if I have one second, I will leave you with the memory. I have a memory from your class, your Navi class at the Academy, which was, we were learning the story of David and Batsheva. This was in ninth grade. And I still remember this and I share this with people. And when David, what? It was in 12th grade. Oh, did we say this at 12th grade? Okay, maybe it was 12th grade. <laughs> I guess so. I guess you don't teach David and Bacheva in ninth grade. Okay, so 12th grade. And you taught how when David said, Khatati, when David said, um, I have sinned, that that was the most, the bravest moment of his life and the most important moment of his life. That has stayed with me um, all these years. Um, so Chicago is great, great community, great growing up there. Um, and now, you guys, we really want you to come here. We really want you to come Please, here. God, we will all be zochet to join you and your parents and your family and all the one day very soon. Dodi, I thank you so much for giving me your time. It has You're been right. a joy. And thank you very much. To everyone. And uh, we look forward to having opportunities to learn Torah from you as well as to schmooze with you as well. Bezrat Hashem. Thank you so much. Harbei Bariut, a lot of good health and everyone be well. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care.